With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In HD, your identity in higher definition with Pastor Eric Miller. Join us in our journey of faith in God by taking an in-depth look into the Bible's authority and sufficiency to guide us in our Christian walk. Discover your identity in Jesus Christ today. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to another Bible study. Uh, and we are in Galatians chapter 4. A very important chapter uh, from what I'm seeing. So much so that um, I'm having to go back into studying these things to where I, I just can't get out of chapter four. You know, I run into this issue every once in a while. Um, and it seems that the Holy Spirit has deemed it necessary to make sure that we don't rush through um, what's being said here because, man, it is serious business. So with that being said, Let's uh, let's take a gander at what's going down in um, Galatians chapter four. Now, uh, I do read out of the NAS, but I have been reading out of the uh, was that allow resizing? Yeah, don't ask me that again. Sorry, I'm doing a little bit of um, computer work as I'm getting it because I'm trying to minimize my workspace. It seems like I just ran, I just run out of space. I just run out of space. So. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. All right. Thank you very much for your patience on that one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get right down to it. And, oops. And I'm about to start my stream right now, so there's a little bit of a delay. Oh my goodness, I can't get to my scheduled. Alrighty. And we're going to share this screen. Oh, by the way, guys, thank you so much for all the work that you do. Um, and what I mean by that is just the love. Um, the the showing of appreciation and just thankfulness that you guys give to the Lord because I would not have survived this long without you. It just wouldn't have happened that way. Uh, I am thankful for you guys. I am thankful for the Lord allowing me to preach to you because I definitely um, don't deserve um, where I'm standing. Uh, but I am thankful and I'm appreciative of all that God has done. So with that being said, let us go ahead and dive right in to Galatians chapter four. And so we're going to be at a, um, we're going to be right around 
let's take a look here. We're sitting right around verses 9 and 18, 9 through 18. And anybody that's listening to this and is caught up in like in, in some serious snowstorms because I heard that they're they're coming pretty strong. Um, I hope you guys are safe, and I hope you guys uh, take care of each other because that's that's all that matters really right now is to make sure that we're safe. Um, now, I'm actually, going to start at verse eight, and we're going to stick to eleven actually. So my bad. Um, so we're going to stick to eleven. Um, because that's exactly where our uh, story is going to go. Now, once you see it, you may know where I'm about to go, but, um, (laughs) nobody knows where I'm going to go sometimes with these things. So, um, there we go. All right. So there we go. So we're going to read uh, verses 8 to 11. And that, of course, that's the uh, the stream about to start. And guys, I don't know what Bibles you're reading, uh, but I will. I'm going to ask you guys to give a shout out to the W, the World English Bible. Um, it was basically a council of Bibles um, that uh, that basically all all types. It's like what the ecumenical of what um, that's basically anything that's leaning protestant but basically for the most part everybody can read it and everybody has done work into it um to kind of make it a universal bible without all the um theology and things of that nature to try to twist and shift what the bible is preaching and teaching which is super important so i do read from the world english bible a lot lately and so i would say give it a gander i'm not saying give up your own but just say give it a gander it's pretty cool um so with that being said, let's go ahead and get to it. So, however, at the t- at that time, uh, well, we got to go all the way back because it wouldn't make any sense if we just read it from that point. So my apologies. Let's go ahead and get that back. Actually, let's go ahead and put this up here because there it won't work any other way. So there we go. Much better. All right. So as we're sitting here, we're going to read. We got to go to verse one because without going to verse one, it doesn't really make any sense. So. Now, I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is the owner of everything. Now, real quick, he's not saying that, you know, there's not a difference between the heir and the slave. Pretty much, you know, that the heir and the slave are drastically different in the sense of what will some what someone gets and what someone's restricted from ever doing until either they're freed from slavery or or otherwise. Uh, but however, what he is saying that at that point, neither one has possessions. They may have a relative difference of comfort, but possessions have not taken place because they don't own anything yet. They have not give, given that that status yet. But he who's under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. Now, those managers and guardians, as always, as, as always, we already know who the manager and guardians have been. It has been the law. That's what it, that's what it has been doing. It has been giving us these these rails that that we bang into all this time knowing. So if we jump over that rail, we know where we stand with the Lord. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, 
and that we might receive the adoption as sons because you are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Pretty amazing to see. And when we hear about it, it, it even my sin and brain, you know, still trying to come to the, to, to the grasp that I'm an heir to God. I can't come to, I can't make that work in my mind. I have to trust it, but I can't make it work up there because I see how dark and disgusting my spirit can be. I've I've spoke things I have no business speaking as a Christian man. I have done things as a Christian man that I should not have been doing or oh, my marriage would have made it today. Things would have been made it this way. But that is the growing pains of a sinner. The thing that makes uh, you, uh, Christianity different and unique because it's not a religion. We are relationship based. You know, you don't throw your 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 father out the house uh, he falls short. You don't throw your brother out the house. You don't throw your mama out the house. And people don't don't get that. You know, you can tell always religion from Christianity by how they lean on divorce, how they lean on all oh, the one and done, how they lean on practical ways to deal with life. Uh, they they're looking for life hacks in the Bible. They're looking for a quick, easy way to understand the Bible where not having to be convicted of sins and they don't want to feel bad and they just want to be in their emotions. I've been in my, let me tell you something. It's not all cool and cute to be in your emotions all the time. It sucks. I mean, I lived in, a, in, a, in an environment where it was so emotional. I felt drained because it's like, no, can we really, it has to be this high volume turned up. To where I can't, I feel like I was suffocating. They probably asking, what was that got to do with where we're going today in verse eight? Stay with me. I may walk around the world, but eventually, you know, even as we're going through on foot, we go get some rides. Okay, we go, we go get an Uber somewhere, so we ain't got to walk all the way around. So listen to verse eight. And however, at that time when you did not know God. You were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. That's where we go to. Uh, that's where we're going to do our, our, our digging. That's where we're going to get into it, into that hole and find out what is it. That by nature are no gods. And if you know me by now, you know, we have to go into. We're going to have to go in the way back time machine. We just got to. There's no, we got to do it, man. We got to go back into the time machine. If we don't go back in the way back time machine, it just don't work. So here we go. Let me go ahead and share my screen. I didn't realize how country I really was. I got to be honest with you. As I'm listening to myself, I'm like, I'm sure country. So here we go. We are there. There it is. Oh, what a beautiful thing to see is that Bible. So, um, we are sitting in first Kings verses 12, I'm sorry, 19 through 24. I was thinking about 12, but, uh, for the sake of time, we're going to have to make our, make our way through. So in a, so to truncate what we're seeing here, um, this is basically, uh, Israel versus Judah. Okay. So you had Jeroboam and then you had Roaboam. Okay. So you had these two Kings 
two kingdoms at war with each other. And these two kings were super petty. Both of them are trying to one up the other and never realizing that it's the people that's suffering. And you're going to sit here, the people rise up and say, man, this ain't cool, bro. This is not all right. But I want you guys to read it for yourself so you can see it. For the sake of time, we're going to have to stay in here because we got to link verse eight to first Kings chapter 12. And so how do you do that? That, that don't seem like the two work together. Let's read one. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no God. So clearly Paul is speaking to the Galatians because they didn't know God at that time. And they were slaves to the very gods that they worshiped. They were slaves to their, their tribal rules. They were slaves to their cultural rules. They had their own religious beliefs that kept them in their warlike culture that kept them in drunken revelries, that kept them in bondage to where if one wanted to come free, he, he could risk being ostracized, excommunicated, or killed. He's a heretic. He ain't believing in the gods the way we used to. You putting yourself in a death sentence trying to get out. And where are you going to go outside of your people? Where are you going to go? You don't speak the language of that of that area. And Rome, Rome definitely not going to take you unless it's going to be in slave capacity. What do you have? And if you grew up in that, you don't know anything different. Which is why a lot of Christians, when we get saved, we go back into religion because we don't know anything different. You know, imagine this uh, when, when slavery, we had the Underground Railroad. Imagine how many slaves didn't go. Because the fear of the unknown was enough to keep them not moving. They just stayed, not because they enjoyed the pain, but they didn't know anything else. And their mind could not conceive the notion of freedom. Now, I want you to think about that for a second before we go forward. I need you to contemplate this to kind of go back and think. Could you actually or would you actually know God? If your religion didn't tell you what they thought he was. And you and many of us has been in that slave pit. And that God that they said existed by its nature was no God. That God was was readily high five in religion. He that God was high five in tribal warfare. That God was high five in the uh, uh, pillaging. And, 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 and assaults against the flesh. That God was in agreement with humanity. And it's amazing because we also forget humanity creates gods that they can appease. That's another sign that it's an idol. That's what we talk about here, idolatry. You can always spot idolatry when the God that, that you serve somehow always agree with your emotional and logical reactions. Oh, it, 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 that God just supports you. You need, you don't need to be in that marriage, girl. I'm out of here. That my God don't want me. In, that sure sounds interesting that God is in agreement with you. I'm leaving my wife, man. I just can't do it no more. I gotta do, I gotta be free. Yeah, man, I'm with you, man. God understands your plight. That God sure is understanding 
even though he says God hates divorce. Do not divide what God has put together. Oh, that's just, you know, that's only if the situations are working. Oh, but if they fall off the rails, you got, you got to do what the idol God tells you to do. And see, they mix the two so together that they just, they, I just did what they do. Oh, let no man uh, pull apart. So this is what they, this is what they want to say. So let's go ahead and anger a few folks. And when I go, oh, that come from Eric. Well, I'm not doing that to you guys. I'm doing that because that's what I'm going to get in my email. That's what I'm going to get in my chat area is you don't, that don't make no sense. God ain't going to want me to stay in no marriage. It's terrible. Well, you know what? God was in a marriage with you and it was terrible and you still terrible and he's still with you. So let's not try to go down that road because let's just say you ain't no peachy wife. Just like I ain't no peachy wife. So we listen to this, listen to this part, Genesis chapter five, verse one. You say, what does this got to do with it? Cause we're talking about, you got to make a God for idolatry to work. You got to make a God that you can appease that also agrees with you. Cause it's not a God. If he can't relate to you on, a, on your level to where you two can talk as equals. That's how we build a God today. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when, when God created man, he made him in his likeness of God made man. Perfect. God, you know, just like God has no flaws, man had no flaws. He didn't have no pimples. He didn't have no cleft lip. He didn't have any kind of disabilities or any, anything. There was nothing wrong. No mental health issues, no physical deformities. Adam was as clean as a whistle. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. He created uh, them male and female. He blessed them and named them man in the day where they were created. Of course, the almighty King James says he called their name Adam. I love that one much better because that's the facts. And what God has put together, man should not break. Now, what they want to say in the Bible, that's not in Galatians, I mean, uh, Genesis right there, but I'm just, I'm, for the sake of speed, we, we talking about it. So for the sake of how that God works, um, there we go. What God has joined together. Let's go ahead and, and get that in. Um, da, da, there, there we go. Mark 10, 9. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Can't do it, man. Can't, cannot separate. There is no if, ands, or buts. And when there is, like somebody was asking me, well, what about infidelity? That can get you out. Yeah, if the man says, yeah, we gotta, I, I got to let you go, wife, because I have committed this. And it sounds chauvinistic, sure. 
But in Christianity, there is no chauvinism. The man is more in subjection to the female more than anybody ever talks about. But that's only looked at by the controlling the narrative. And how humanity works or how sinners work is for one, so it's always been the battle of the sexes, okay? Which basically means the battle of the gods. And this is by nature, no gods. I'm just giving us one aspect of a god or gods that don't exist. But humanity will make their own gods that, again, agrees with them. So how it works is you have someone that says, oh, here's where the Bible is in general talking about people. And this is where the Bible is specific talking about people. And since and, and it all depends on how you feel. And how your 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 bias will lean to figure out which one are you going to choose on this day? That's an idol. That's the God of idolatry. That's the God that basically it, you can, it can choose when or what when a Bible verse is gray or black and white. And that is not God of the Bible. Let's be straight. That's the God of somebody's crazy imagination because they want to be, they don't want to, they don't want to struggle the way God grows men and women. See, that's another thing about idolatry. It also uh, opens up the God of comfort, sinful comfort. Okay. Because that God is not challenging to you. He's just so, he's so mealy mouthed and so weak. He just so loving. He sends love letters. He's so nice. He don't push you. He don't say, look, what you did was wrong. Go back home. He don't do none of that. He's always, you did a good job uh, listening to your flesh. Oh, you know, you got to trust your gut instinct. Let me tell you something. If you got gastrointestinal issues, your gut instincts suck. If you don't have any gastrointestinal issues, your instincts suck. How can I say that? Because you're a sinner. You ain't known right ever in your life. You had to be taught right. And even then you rebelled against it. If it wasn't for the Bible, this whole world would be destroyed. There's not a law anywhere that ain't was in the Bible first. Never, never from workers comp to how you deal with your children, not children, cheering. You go use that term. We're going to get our, our country in today. Some cheering. So. Again, I, I didn't plan on constructing an idol God, but I guess that's what the Holy Spirit wants. The Holy Spirit gets what he, this is his ministry. So I ain't got, look, I'm just following orders. Now, I, as much as I have my plan to do something, it, it never goes on. It always goes off the rail to go to what the Lord wants. So with, with that being said, and I, there's a reason I made those two gods, you know, the battle of the sexes. If you ever looked at it, it's always that, that, that fight between what light and dark. We always get that. But in this case, there really is no fight against light and dark because God is all light. Darkness has never won. God has never lost a battle. Contrary to belief. Well, what about the angels that left? There ain't no loss. That's how, how does God lose? It's impossible. He's the one that sets all the board. But that's a whole nother story to get down. There. And I can't even answer all of that. I can give us some insight, but I can't get all that. But I will tell you this much. It does follow a plan. And the plan is perfect in its execution. What we see is the messy side of sinners clashing and colliding with each other. What we don't see 
is what God sees. And you know what? Thank God, because my little brain would be cooked and bald overnight. I could not even mm -mm. choose. Man, no, that's above my pay grade player. I ain't, I ain't going down that road. So I am glad to know what my role is. And I manage that. And I say manage because, you know, we both know I can break and wreck the car. The Lord is at control. So, again, um, the thing. That, so the two ingredients we know to create a God is one. It's something that that God is we can appease it. And two, it's a God that is agreeable. To our inclinations, so keep those in mind. So that goes, brings us back to first Kings chapter 12. Remember, we're going in the way back machine. And I love. I love the Old Testament. Y'all know that I do because it gives us light to what why Jesus is so important. So if you don't want to go backwards, you definitely can't go forward. OK, so when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king saying, what portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse talking about Christ. Because remember, that's David's line. That's where Christ is coming. You know, the root of Jesse. They're saying, are we do we not have any do we not have any partial inheritance in Christ? That's what they really that's what they're saying to us at this point. So Israel, listen to this. Now look after your own house, David. So Israel departed to their tents. But as for the sons of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. So his Jeroboam over Israel, Rehoboam over Judah. So then the king Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death. And King Rehoboam made haste to mount his chariot and to flee Jerusalem. <laughs> so that didn't go well. So Israel had been in has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. That's real business, man. We, we see that when Christ came and to see the Pharisees and how roughly they needed to deal with him. You have Israel to this day. Judaism to this day denying Christ. It has not changed. However, the origins of where this fight comes from, you got to read Kings, man. First Kings is like watching, it's like reading War and Peace. It it is I was sitting driving to work in my car like people if they people watch me in the car, I'm like holding my like, "Oh, no, I'm sitting there listening." And they look like I'm listening to some kind of dramatization and I'm talking and I'm screaming in the car. And it's all because what unfolds in Kings, my God has shaped where we're sitting at today. So anyway, I'm not trying to just sell you on the Bible, on, on, on the Old Testament. Some are so terrified to go in the Old Testament. They don't want to deal with it. And I get it. But man, if you want to see the foundations, my God, it's great. So listen to this. So it came about in verse 20, it came about when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned and they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. None but the tribe of Judah followed the house of David. Think about that. That's pretty, pretty amazing. So the throne of David. OK, the one that God, if you read reading Kings, he promised David that your uh, that your that your 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 uh, your leadership, your scepter, the truth of you will never your throne will never, ever fall away. The, that David's throne is the lasting throne that our Christ came through. It's 
pretty it's pretty stuff impressive and powerful stuff god has always protected david's throne because if he didn't christ wouldn't be here today it's just that simple and judah protected the house of david when it should have been all of israel but you see there's a divide there's a there's a there's a divide in philosophy and how things would be run so listen to this now when Rehoboam had come to jerusalem he assembled all the house of judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen men who were warriors to fight against those of house Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah or Shemaiah and the man of God saying, speak to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin and to the rest of the people saying, Thus says the Lord, you must not go up and fight against your relatives, the sons of Israel, every man to his house for this thing has come to from me. So they listened to the word of the Lord and returned and went their way according to the word of the Lord. Notice it said to the word of the Lord, not to Shemaiah. Again, that's how an idol is built because they, they, they was, oh man, Shemaiah told these great words. No, no, they knew that it came from God because a man of God speaks what God says, not what man wants to hear. That's the third appendage of the idol God, the God that don't exist. That God is so, listens to everything we have to say and, and, and says, man, that's a good idea. He's so easy to, it bends the knee just as easy as you do. So listen to Jeroboam, who, remember, Israel set him above as king. So listen to this. When it's supposed to be in Jeroboam. So listen to this. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country. Shechem in the hill country. What is Shechem? Let's go ahead and go into this. A city in Manasseh located in the valley of Mount Gibel and Mount Jezum, north of Jerusalem about seven miles south of east samaria pretty interesting city i don't know much about it but we got when we get more diving into if i ever can get into the old testament in that area we definitely go go look but for the sake of time and expediency then we do, it's a city that he built so then jeroboam built shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there and went out from there and built penal and we got another city jeroboam said in his heart now the kingdom will return to the house of David. If this people go up from to offer sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will return to the Lord, even to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. He didn't want to give up the throne. Man, hold, hold on. Hold on. They just, Israel just raised me up. But if they listen to the Lord, they could go back to Jeroboam. Rightful king Solomon's there. Man, I ain't giving that up. Notice it said in his heart. Do we need to see what the Lord says about the human heart? I'm glad you asked. You guys asked him tough questions, man. I don't know how I can ever get past you guys. I can't get nothing past you. You guys asked him tough questions that need to be answered. And thankfully, I have a little bit of obedience to be able to do so. So listen to this part. So if we go, where are we? We got to go to, oh, I think I went too far. I think we might have to go to Genesis chapter six. So let's go ahead and go to Genesis chapter six. And you'll understand why I'm going there 
in a second. It'll make more sense because remember, he has said in his heart. So he wasn't speaking out loud, right? It's pretty clear. But one of the things I think we can definitely understand is that he's speaking from what? His feelings. We talked about that in the beginning, didn't we? In his heart. I don't think this is right. If they listen to this man, they start listening and going back to God and uniting and they'll return. The, and then the kingdom will return to house of David. You mean Israel and Judah will go back under into the same into under house David. I, I'm going to lose everything. I don't want to lose none of that. Listen to this in Genesis chapter six. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually that's deep man that's deep can you imagine a Lord just looking down and he, just, he sees all of humanity and we're sitting there in our hearts in our thoughts justifying things that we have no business doing Jeremiah 17 9 one of the most powerful passages in the Bible the heart is de or desperately wicked who can know it the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it but god do you realize how desperate think about that for a second let's look at let's look at desperate you know you know i love um you know i love words you know me by now you know me and words go together like peanut butter and jelly sandwich it's just one of those things I love. I think I think it's great. I think looking at uh, how words are made and what the definitions are and what people put in sentences, it's just an amazing thing to uphold. So let's look up the word. Let's look up desperately. Used to emphasize the extreme degree or length to attain or get something. Let's look at the Merriam-Webster Bible. Let me Bible, the dictionary. In a way that involves despair, extreme measures, and rashness. Them emotions, man, they on fire. And who's going to understand that, that, that desperate wickedness unless the idol God they create? Now, again, we talking about, here's, now here's Jeroboam. Built him a nice palace. Built another city. And then looking out after he built all that, he's th and then he starts to know, hey, Hey, wait a minute. They they going back to the house of David. Oh, heck no. I ain't losing this. I'm not losing my kingdom. So listen to this. So the, so, oh, here we go. This is not going to go good. Listen to verse 27. If this people go up to offer sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will return to the Lord, even to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So he's really desperate at this point because he knows the eventuality coming. Now, I don't know if they would have killed him, but he definitely would have been removed. They probably would have removed him. Um, they probably, I don't think they would have killed him. I really don't know. And I, good news is I ain't got to speculate. I just know in this man's mind, he believed he was going to die. So listen what he did. Now, did you think, you think he would go to the, you think he would go to God and say, Lord, please just give, show me a light or a way. Nope. Did you think maybe he would get on his knees and pray and repent for his thoughts and his, and his actions that he's doing? Nope. 
But you know what he did do? He started to try to conceive a plan in his heart as if God wouldn't know it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So who did he consult for this information to find out what to do? Well, in verse 28, we're going to see what many people do to this day. And here's a king with all to gain and so much more to lose in his mind now. So the king consulted. Who did he consult? Let me give you a, let's give you, let me give you a hint and made two golden calves. And he said to them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold your gods, O Israel, that brought you up from the land of Egypt. He has set one in Bethel and the other he put in Dan. Now this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. And he made houses on high places and made priests among them. All the people who were not the sons of Levi. Jeroboam instituted a feast in the eighth month on the 15th day of the month, like the feast, which is in Judah. Here he is making equal days that God has erected up and he's now making what? Rival uh, days, rival calendar days, rival calendar days off. Do you realize the kind of, the ego, the disrespect and the disregard of God to where you are going to try to make your own God, which he did, he made two of them. And he made, not only did he make two of them, he gave back what was already back that, that was that Moses had destroyed back in Exodus. But you know something? You don't think Jeroboam knew that? You don't think he knew that? Let's go ahead and go in there. Let's take a look. You don't think he knew what he was doing? Of course he did. So let's go ahead and go. And I can't get out of this. All right, so let's go. Let's go back to Exodus. We're doing a lot of uh, time travel today, guys, and I'm not apologizing. I love to go through the Bible, but just, just, just indulge me for a little bit, and we'll go right back to where we're going. Because Jeroboam wasn't no—he wasn't an idiot. He knew what he was doing. Because what is that Israel has been consistently doing up to this point in the Bible that we know? Falling into idolatry. That's what we, that's what we know. How many times did did God put them at the end of discipline because they're doing what? Going back and falling into idols. 
breaking them commandments, you know, by and, and putting themselves back in the bondage to what gods by, by nature are no gods. So listen to this. So um, then when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people assembled about Aaron and said to him, come, make us a God who will go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing that. We don't know what become of him. Aaron said to them, tear off your gold. All the people tore off their gold in verse, in verse three. And he, in verse four, he took it, made, and listen to this part, he took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. Do you realize, you realize Aaron put care and time into this. He was with Moses and his people and saw all that God did. To free them from Egypt, to things that was going on in Egypt, free them from Egypt, get them to a point and always kept them safe, always kept them full, always kept them hydrated. They didn't have Gatorade, but the water was coming out of rocks and it was the most delicious water ever. They had nothing. They wasn't starving. They would. Guess what? And they even had clothes better than polyester. The cotton wasn't falling apart. He said no sandals burst. You didn't have no B.O. You don't have nothing going on that people say, man, we got to get new clothes. Them clothes were just as strong, heaven tough. That's what we call heaven tough. Them clothes wasn't wearing out. And what happened? The minute Moses got Moses. Oh, man, he been gone for two hours. He ain't coming back. And here's Aaron that saw all of what God has done. All of what God has done. And what does he do? Listen to the people agree with them made them a god and then listen to this and he took them made the molten calf and he said to this to israel this is your god O israel sounds like what what uh, jeroboam said right jeroboam wasn't no fool you know that's what that's why you have to understand about false teachers that's why you have to understand about uh slave masters that's why you have to understand about the slave catchers they know your heart they know what makes you tick they know how to get to you and idols are no different because they're the ones who empower the slave master because they are the slave master they put you back in bondage and you stuck again let's keep going now when aaron saw this he built an altar before it. now he's building an altar and aaron made a proclamation and said tomorrow shall be a feast to the lord which Lord that molten calf that molten calf and the next day they rose early and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play they are celebrating in front of an idol that has no power but guess what they wanted one made one that guess what they can appease they brought their burnt offerings. they brought their sin offerings they brought their peace offerings and they came down, and then Aaron built an altar. He made it official. Now let's go back, you know, to or go forward actually, because this is in Exodus. Let's go forward to First Kings, and let's go back and listen to what Jeroboam did. So the king consulted. Who did he consult? We know he consulted some Egyptians and made two golden calves. Or he could have consulted. Guess what? You know, Israelites. It's like his his boys. Hey man, we know that you want to keep the kingdom. 
And in their minds, we ain't going to lose. We don't want to lose our life, life of luxury. So guess what they did? He made two golden calves. So Aaron made one. He made two. He made, what did he do? He made almost a boundary marker. He put one here and put one here. And the most extreme one was Dan. And you know what people will do to get to the God that they have put so much. They put, well, maybe this God is when things are good, but maybe that when God goes over here is when things are so hard. So you got to press forward. You can get the motivational speeches going. You can buy all your, your utensils. You can do your fasting treatments, whatever, because that God, that God that's in Dan now, because he transferred, he's, he was sleeping here. Now he's sleeping up in Dan. So we got to go there. And since it's a long trek, we, it must be when we get there, he's going to fulfill our, our dreams and wishes. Listen to this. Now, this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before the one as far as Dan. Because clearly, I mean, it was hardship. They was risking life and limb just to go worship. And look how fast they didn't take much. Here's two golden calves. I'm putting one here, one here. Y'all go ahead and worship as you see fit. And then made a festival holiday of it. And then built an altar for it. Just like Aaron did. And what, what did he do it for? To make sure that the people would not unite back under the house of David. He made sure that he would not lose his authority and kingship conspired against God and made idols that tripped up Israel and got them back into sin. And now we go back all the way back. Oh, actually we got to go forward to uh, Galatians chapter four. And I know some people here. How does that got to do it? Listen to this. So you got to remember what Paul is saying. So at one point we were under these, remember we said in verse three in Galatians four. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world, the things man made slave traps, manacles, things that, oh, we got the Westminster confession. We got the Baptist confession over here. We got this thing. We got the Roman Catholics got theirs. Islam got there. They got their Rubik's cube out there. They got their, your Catholics got all, they got Mary everywhere. She wearing everything. You got the Baptists over there. They doing what they got, they articles and things of that nature. You got the reformed over there with they science fiction, Jesus. You got Mormonism over there, physical Jesus and God that's walking around with no clothes on another planet. So they got, we got it in the rocket ships to go see him. You got the black Hebrew Israelites with it. Jesus is so black. He's black at the Wesley Snipes. And then you, you name it. There's a Jesus and a God for it because those are idols. They made what made them comfortable and they got a God that they can appease. They don't come. Now, when you have an idol that you created, you set the boundaries of what sin is. Oh, I can get a divorce because that, that we're non-denominational. We can make up whatever we want. Just because you're non-denominational don't mean you don't at all. Well, just because you're non-denominational, you're also what I like to call non-confrontational because I've noticed that non-denominational churches, they sure don't talk about sin much. Oh, they talk about everything and motivation, life hacks. You can, God wants you successful. God wants your bank account as fat as, as fat as a pig. I get it. It ain't God, but I get it. It's, it's, it sounds good. 
That's because it's one of those two calves up there. That's why. It's one of those two calves up there. That's all. Nothing else. Nothing else. And you know what? We And we fall for it every time. We fall for it every time. Because it sounds like what we want. It makes us feel better when we get what we want. It makes it and you, that God makes us feel so much better about our decisions that God would normally say, uh, that ain't gonna work. That's not working. I would, that wouldn't work for me. So what ended up happening? What ended up happening? Well, I'm gonna tell you what happened. We ended up with two gods. Well, it's one God, but he said, here, Israel, here's your God. He gave him two. Aaron only gave them one. They didn't, Israel wasn't that big at this point. So I get it. It wasn't, you know, they literally, he could get all the gold and make him a calf. Okay, I get it. Wasn't that many of them. But at this point, he said, I'm doing bigger. Jeroboam said, go big or go home. And he was like, I can't let him go home, so I got to go big. And he did. And sinned against God and made something that was so sinful. And go read Kings. I ain't going to do it for you. Go read Kings because it's beautiful. And here we are dealing with a, a dealing with God again. And God is looking at us like this. Oh, Lord, you're going back to slavery. I just freed you from slavery. And that's what Paul is saying. How are you going to go back into bondage? After you've been freed with Christ in Christ, as you made your bed, but Christ laid in it so you wouldn't pay for it. You wouldn't pay for your sins eternally. You now want to take all of that righteousness and go back into slavery to go back to commit even more sins? How does that make sense? I'm saved. Now I want to go do things that God doesn't want me to do. What? He freed you and now you want to go back into bondage because that's what happens. And let me tell you something. The people that make up the idol gods, they know them too are in bondage, right? Because they can, but they can abuse the system because they're the closest to God. They're the one that can go rub on that, that gold statue. I, I, I'm, I'm allowed some indulgences because I'm the, I'm the high priest to the bull. I'm right next to the poo, to the, to the, to the cow patties. I know what's going on. You, I can get away with certain things. I can make burnt offerings that I don't, I can do whatever I want. God says I should be able to to have my 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 freedom and my loins pleasure, and that's what I'm doing. Whatever that that addiction you want, whether it's alcohol, women, men, you name it. That God will be like, yeah, well, since he's he's my high priest, I'll let him do his burnt offerings, and it's cool. You know, that kind of idol God is is what is slave to. Listen to this. However, at the time, this is verse eight in Galatians chapter four. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those things which by nature are no gods. Before I knew who God was, all I knew was a religion. Ain't no God in religion. Not, not one, not one truth of God is in that religion. Mm -mm. It's always got, it's always connected to something greasy. Always. But now that you have come to know God, rather to be known by God, how is it you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? 
you observe days and months and seasons and years. And I fear for you that perhaps I labored over you in vain. You imagine how painful Paul was feeling at this point. After the Galatians were freed from these idol gods that kept them in such bondage that generations of them perished and died under God that could not ever give them anything of peace to the true and living God, God of Israel. And you would think after all those shackles are released that we could just, just enjoy the freedom in Christ. But what does Paul say? No, you desire to go back. Jeroboam knows all too well about God, but desired to go back. I know that the house of David is where the lineage of the, of the, of the Christ is coming. I know all of Israel, we should be united as God has constantly have said, constantly. As the Bible teaches, let there be no division. That's how we know theology is all wrong because what? It creates what? Divisions. Ain't nobody going to agree on that because some man, some man in his scientific uh, house of Hogwarts made up what he thought was going to be God and ruled himself out. Find the theologian that everybody's worshiping. That's the moron that made up whatever they following. But it wasn't God. Because by nature, it is no God. But they'll tell you all day long, oh, our God agrees with us here. You know, the God of the Bible agrees with this. No, he don't. Because you can go right in that Bible and read right here. It says, don't do that. Well, you have to understand, it's your hermeneutics is off. No, your noodle is cooked. That's what's wrong. Your spiritual heart is, is still calcified and dead as a doornail. It, it, that God is no different. The God of Reformed theology, uh, Roman Catholicism, Hebrew Israelites, Mormonism, Seventh-day Adventists, Baptists, Methodists, whoeverists, all of the ists and isms, Lutherisms, and all of, they are the cow patties produced by that fake gold bull. Ain't no different. Jeroboam just went big. He said, I'm going to give you two. That'll keep them twice as busy. You ever notice religion keeps you busy? You got all bake sales. You got all these meetings in the week. You got all this stuff going on. Where's the gospel preached? Oh, no, we got to go. We got to go to the cheerleading. We got to do the bake sale. We got to do the volunteering work. You know, we got to go feed the homeless this week. You know, we got to do this on this day. If you feed them only one day a week, what about the other day? Are they hungry? We got we we uh we, we manage this thing here on this day and then we do that this day and then we go to church at this time, this time, this time. Then we do our meeting here, meeting here, meeting here, choir rehearsal, something rehearsal. We got it. And it's week out week keeping you busy, keeping you go, keeping you what? What is it keeping you? Keeping you going to Dan. And what was that other city we have here? Let's see. Shechem and Penuel. Now the kingdom of God will return to the house of David. We know that. Let's go ahead and keep going. So he set one in Bethel. How do I that? easy because i was running my mouth so he put one in bethel and one in dan that kept israel busy because they one trek was super long one trek was super short but guess what notice it said there were people going as far as dan that means they willingly took that trip regardless of the peril because maybe they said that maybe if god is at dan this week because my heart thinks that I've, I've sinned so much and my heart says you got to go the long trip. And when you get there, you good to go put, bring your burn offerings, 
that's at that close Walmart, close to Dan. It's right outside Dan, and you go ahead and you get your burnt offering stuff. We got we got self checkout now, brothers. We go, go ahead and get your stuff. Go up there, do your burnt peace offerings. Come on back home. And Jeroboam was not go, was going to stay in power because he did what? He put his people back into bondage. And he consulted with who? Because the only people that he could consult with that knew about that and while he made that golden calf had to be what? Israelites that was around him, his his boys. And you know what? Let's let's look who I think we might know who his boys is. Well, we know Jeroboam's boys. Um, but let's listen to listen to oh, we already know who Jeroboam boys was. So let's go ahead and roll all the way back. I'm gonna let you go a bit. We also had a time. Um and we're gonna go back to Jeroboam what he did. Uh, Jeroboam what he did. And Jeroboam much so Rome consulted with the elders and who had served his father Solomon, and he did the right thing by going to them. But then when he when he heard them say, and I'm not gonna read all that because you need to go see for yourself. They made petitions to him and told him the wise thing to do. Then he went to the young folks because, you know, everybody want them young preachers. You know, those are the guys that are hip, cool. They they got the nice jackets. They got the nice, uh, uh, um, what, what is, what am I with the nice homiletics? That's when you, it's about rhetoric and making things persuasive. You on, you know me by now in this part. I ain't trying to persuade a soul. I'm preaching my heart. I'm preaching the, the truth of God. And when I mean my heart, I'm talking about that heart that serves and, and, and gives itself to God. Because let me tell you, if I close the Bible and start telling you what I think, you need to stone me to death. You need to stone me to death. Because I, oh, I might beat you to it, but I ain't got nothing. I cannot tell you nothing that the Bible can't. That's why I tell you, don't, if you don't want to trust what I got to say, great. Go read the Bible for yourself. I said nothing different than what the Bible. I may have made it more illustrative by giving it some colorful words, relating some 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 local modern terms we have, you know, to kind of make things relatable. It's all the same. It's sitting right there. You ain't gonna find Walmart and buy, but you gonna know for a fact how they get them things. How they get them burnt offerings to go to these fake calves. Well, because Jesus turned over the the table because what were they doing? You had you had the Pharisees in there and the well, the Sadducees in there with they own animal yeah your pigeon ain't good enough but our fat swollen pigeon here look at it it's yellow got a got it's got two beaks you know that, that means it can eat twice as much which means he can give twice the prayer for this price so now you got people that brought their own pigeon and the city said, well that pigeon's not gonna be good enough i evaluated it yes it, it is a newborn it's a firstborn and it has no blemish but it's too small we can't use that one but you got to use our two beak one I think that's where church's chicken got their chicken, to be honest with them. Two big chicken, because you can't sell 20 pieces for $2. But anyway, that, that's what was going on. That's how we know. Because the people that's making money on you are the very people who's working for who? The slave owners, right? And the slave master, we haven't even talked about him yet, but we got to. Guess who the slave master is? We go, we go, I'm going to read this to you, and we go understand it's in Psalms 115, 4 through 8. You want to know who the slave master is that drove Jeroboam where he's going? You want to know the, the mentality of those two, those two, uh, I said two wolves because they really are, um, the two, the two uh, calves that's in Bethel and at Dan. You want to know what personality that the first golden calf had in Exodus? We go tell you. There are idols. Their idols are silver and gold 
made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. Those who make them are just like them, as are all who trust in them. God just punched us right in the face. Do you hear that? Not only the God had made it. So think about this for a second, God. What did Aaron just do? He put himself at odds with God. And then all that worshiped that calf put themselves at odds with God. Jeroboam took Israel. He took Israel. Those that were not siding with Judah and Benjamin, all the other Israel are there. He took them all back under this gods. And not only did that happen, Jeroboam's voice became no different than those idols. His voice became nothing more than nothing. And so did all of those Israelites. And now we go back to one more thing. When I always read this, I know I was going to let you go. I'm, I'm at six. I'm at six. It's four minutes left. You get, give me till nine. I got this. I always talk about this. If you want to know what it's like when God said, this is what happened. Cause so I'll explain that last line in verse eight in uh, Psalms 115 verse eight, those who make them just like them are just like them. And as ours for those who trust in them, what is he saying? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're, the Bible is going to answer you. And that's in Isaiah 59. It's in those first few chapters. Look, the Lord's power is enough to save you. He can hear you when you ask him for help, but it is your sins that separate you from God. He turns away from you when he sees them and he doesn't want to hear. Because he sees your hands are covered in blood from the people you've murdered, the people you've lied to, the evil things you've erected. You've made courts to where justice is now turned away to, from people that deserve it. You've made clothes that cannot cover you. You made religions that, that can't cover your sins. It can't do nothing. You have made all these things gods over you and they have no power. So why is God going to listen? God cannot look upon sin without you bursting and bursting into flames. We have to thank God that he didn't look at us when we were falling away from him. You have to think we would be dead, even though technically we are, but dead in the sense of our sins. We have no petition to God. You know, that's what reformed theology. Oh, we're dead. We can't say nothing. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I get all that, man. Yeah, good job. Sci-fi God got to get out of here. So we were dead. We, we had no say so with God. I could have went out there and said, Lord, I need your help as an atheist. If I just, I bent the knee, Lord, I need your help. I ain't helping. I don't, I don't know you, man. I can't get next to you. You have sinned against me so great. I No, I don't know you, man. I can't know you. But Lord, I don't know you, man. Don't know you. And guess what's interesting about that? Guess what's interesting that we get to go back to Galatians and see Exactly this that we're talking about right now. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is good stuff right here. Let's go back to the NES real quick. 
but now you have come to know God or be known by God. So now God's hearing you. Now God's seeing you. Isn't that amazing? Now when you cry out, God listens. Why? Because in verse 6, because you are sons, praise God. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God can now hear us. I, Lord, I, I hear you now, Eric. I see you through Christ, Christ Jesus. I see you in his righteousness. I can hear you now. I can hear your pain. I can look at you without you bursting in the flames. I can look at you without immediately sending you to hell and damnation and destruction. I can look at you not only as a, a child of God. I can look at you as a son. I can be your father. Now. I can look at you. Parents know. We can go those those that have and I got a good father. He wasn't my father wasn't perfect because he didn't walk on water. His feet got wet in the puddles. Sometimes he stuck all the way up to his neck. Sometimes he went all over the water. But he kept preaching and telling me, "Boy, you need to get right with God." Never said get right with him. He said get right with God. Mom said the same thing all the way up to her deathbed. Stay with God. He has to take you the rest of the way. On her deathbed, mom telling me that. So we know that we God can hear us now. Because we've submitted, we've repented, and this is not exclusive. If you're hearing my voice, the anxiety, the 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 that that thing that you feel where you're always looking for something to find peace, the, what makes you indulge yourself on whatever it is that you do for hours on end, to where if you're not doing it, you feel anxious and you feel like, man, I gotta I gotta do what I'm doing because your thoughts are coming back. You know, escapism. Whatever you're running from, that is your conscience telling you, you need to get right with God. That's why you have to keep filling it with nonsense and distraction. You have to put on white noise because when you're left in silence, you ever hear people say, oh, I can't live in silence. I got to have something going. Why do you think that is? You ain't at rest with God and you know it. He said the, the wicked will not rest. That's why people are going to yoga and they going to Wiccans and they going, you name it, they going whatever it takes. Oh, look, man, I found peace. I'm going to sit in my front yard and, and meditate. And all the while, pigeons are dropping poo on his feet and he don't know no better. He think, oh, that's probably good godly stuff. I mean, you can't manufacture peace with God. You can't do it. And that's why I tell folks uh, Christianity is impractical for the human being. It don't even make sense, to be honest with you. Why? Because we, if we made God... How do we make a God that not only we can't appease, but if we even could, why is it that if we could do it, we have to be nobodies? That only makes sense. What do you mean? In Christianity, I ain't no, I'm just a son. That's it. I'm just a, anytime someone to put me up here, I'm trying to get off that. I'm trying to get off that pedestal as soon as I can. I'm putting Vaseline on the bottom of my feet so I can't get no grip. I don't want, we are not looking to be anything more than sons being a christian don't give me no power it gives me no authority over nothing it doesn't grant me these vast powers and i can you know what it grants me peace with god that's what it grants me which is more valuable than any dollar you put in my bank account 
than any relationship you give me. Getting in between me and God is a dangerous proposition. It's don't do it. It's not good because that's a that's a war zone. And that's just that's my life now. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm definitely not ashamed to offer it because Christ has been offering it all this time to everybody. Religion has told you them two dumb calves have told you you can't come to God unless you come and be one of put your relig the religious name right here. That's all. That's that's what that's what's been fighting. You, and, you know, I've always said an atheist is right about God and religion, but wrong about God. It's always been that way because people know a con. Every time religion tells you about God, it's like you getting a scam phone call. We both know we don't want to take that call. Unfortunately, there are people that are weak, that are so vulnerable and so beat down and so broken that they will think maybe it's true this one time. Maybe this one phone call is actually true. They're hoping one of those calves. And don't it didn't escape me right now either. Notice it's three of them. Notice that, right? So we also know who can he who Jeroboam consulted. We can go to Revelation. It won't take long. It's amazing how that works, right? The devil's the enemy. Devil, you don't know the devil. You won't see him because what you think that red face and everything, what you see on Netflix and all that silly nonsense—that ain't gonna do with the devil. That's that's child's play. You're trying to think about a creature that was never human, whose thoughts are nothing human-related. His long game ain't even nothing you can touch. You can sense him. You might even you we have all stumbled in his nets and think we walking just fine. And the whole time we all we, you've seen those crabs in those nets and they just sitting there in their hands, just moving. That's us. But we think we free. You put a fish in a fishbowl. He's always looking outside. Why? Because he thinks there's more out there, but he can't get there. That's a good illustration of sin. The devil's the one to put that fish in that water and say, here you go. You got all this freedom. You ain't got to worry about nobody eating on you. But what is that freedom? You got four walls to look at. You're at the mercy of your own. Your owner died. You did. Man, them golden calves are something, bro. Them golden calves are something. So, guys, I'm going to let you go. Um, I'm going to end the podcast here because I went past five. I went past them, them four minutes, man. I'm sorry. But I did warn you. I told you we was going to go back in time and we went back in time. So I appreciate you guys for, for uh, stay, staying tuned in you and have listening to the, to the uh, podcast as well as tuning in to the live Christ YouTube. Um, I used to be on Facebook every this day, but, you is know, as, by your as where, where God wants me to be, I got to go. Join us so, each week uh, as we continue I don't, to not that I don't our Christian identity want to go to Facebook and stay there, but I got to go. God I got to fish where the Lord sent me. I fished there for a while. Amen. Now he's telling me to move on, fish over here. And that's just what it is. So I, I hope that I don't want anybody to think I abandoned you. Ain't nothing changed. The podcast is still the same. It's been here for years. Where I'm broadcasting maybe have changed, but the podcast ain't going nowhere until God says, shut it down, son. It's over. So I love you very much. I'm shutting the podcast down here. And remember, if you like the podcast and want to be alerted to more content like this, go ahead and sign up. Hit the like button. Uh, become a member. You can do it through YouTube. You can do it on the Facebook. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it any way you know when the next uh, podcast is going to come up, when the next series are coming up. And 